Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about A River Enchanted by Rebecca Ross. Now, I know you're surprised because I said I was going to be talking about Seven Days in June. However, such, such sad news that I had to DNF that book. Um, When I picked it up, I did not realize how many triggers were in it and just how depressing it was. Um, And so I got about 100, 150 pages in and it was really difficult for me to read. And so I had to set it down. I am honestly devastated that I can't read it because I've heard such good things about it. It sounds so interesting. But for my own mental health, that is one that I had to set aside. So, so sad, but it's all good because after I set it down, I picked up A River Enchanted, which was my February book of the month pick. And it is a fantasy. It is the first book in a duology. And it follows, um, it's kind of set in this fake Scot, like it's based off of like Scottish, like Scotland, you know? You know what I mean? Anyways, so it's based on this island called Cadence and young girls are going missing. So Jack is the main character and he is a bard who's been training on the mainland to become like skilled at music. He's called home by the laird, the lord, you know, you know how it be in those Scottish worlds. And um, because they believe that his music can find the girls and save them. And so he ends up helping his childhood nemesis, Adara, and the two of them try and find these girls. And that is like the basic plot of the book. It was so good, everybody. This book restored my faith in fantasy. Now, I know you might be confused, okay? So let me kind of just explain this right here on the top of the episode instead of waiting for the discussion section. But I... So fantasy and romance are my two top genres. They have been both in 2020 and 2021, and they probably will be in 2022 as well. But when you look at the breakdown, most of the fantasy that I've read in the past two years has been the Harley Merlin or Finch Merlin books, which I enjoyed, but they are not, they're not like some of the best pieces of literature I've ever read. I do love them, though. I mean, I have six episodes about those books, so clearly I must have enjoyed them. And I read, what, 17? Yeah, 17 of those books. So that's a commitment. But also, this past year, also what could be confusing is I just had an episode probably a month ago come out on Spinning Silver, which I loved even more the second time around, which is a fantasy But beyond Spinning Silver, there has not been a lot of fantasy that I've read in the past two years that really has blown me away. I was so upset last March when I read um, Blood Air and then Red Tigress and was super disappointed by them. And the other fantasy that I've read recently, Keeper of the Night, The Divine Inheritance of, no, The Inheritance of Orchida Divina, and uh, I guess Circe is technically a fantasy, but I don't really think of it that way. So like a lot of the fantasy I've read recently was just like fine or I didn't enjoy and so I was like kind of nervous going into this book because also I didn't really like my January book of the month pick which you'll hear about next week um I'm doing a double recording today prior to my vacation and I'll talk about the reading experience with that book because that was an interesting time 
But I was kind of like being put off by these book of the month picks. February, I was like, I don't know. Will I like this book? I'm not sure. But I ended up picking it up and I'm so glad I did. This is actually an adult fantasy, which is something I'll talk about as well because it was originally going to be a YA and then she went the adult route and that was definitely the way to go. And this is really one of my first adult fantasy books that I have read. I mean, because I don't really know if the Harley and, and Finch Merlin books count, like what age group they're really for because they are an odd like age but maybe I just need to read adult fantasy now and move away from YA fantasy I am planning on reading a YA fantasy during my vacation reading Graceling for this book club that me and two of my friends are starting and so yeah you'll hear about that in a few weeks but anyways I just loved A River Enchanted. It was so good. One of the best fantasies I've read in such a long time and really ever. It really captured me. I It's a hefty book. It was what? 450, just over 450 pages. 464 pages. And I read it fast. Like I could not put it down. I wanted to pick it up every night. I just couldn't get enough of it. And I really encourage all of you to pick it up. Um, and that leads me to my next point that this is a spoiler warning that I'm going to spoil A River Enchanted by Rebecca Ross. You all need to read it. If you like fantasy, this is great. If you're not that into fantasy, but you're trying, this is a great book as well to kind of get into because I would say it's not necessarily light fantasy because there's definitely magic, but it's not like magic in Harry Potter or magic in like we don't you don't really wield your magic in this okay you you, the magic comes through like doing things like playing music or weaving or like being a blacksmith you can enchant blades and things like that in this world and so the magic's very different and I really enjoyed that so without further ado I've already been talking for a really long time it is time to get into the, uh, not the discussion section, I'm sorry, the plot summary, I'm going to try and do a bit more of a condensed summary because like I said, it's a larger book. There's five different point of views. The fifth one is Jack's younger sister, Frey, who's really kind of, her point of view is kind of irrelevant. So I'll mainly focus on the other four. And there's two like main storylines going through. So I'll kind of focus on both of those and give you the highlights and then move into the discussion section which is mostly just going to be very positive things because I don't have a lot of negative things to say about this book. And that's how you know I really liked it because even books that I have really enjoyed, I tend to like find something to critique during these um, episodes. And this one, I don't really have that much for it. Maybe not really anything. And so without further ado, let's just get into the plot summary. Okay, so I've already kind of provided you some of the background or the setup in that Jack is a bard and he is trained on the harp and he's been called back to Cadence, the magical island he grew up on. Um, And he's not been there in 10 years since he's been sent away to the mainland for school. So he is about, he's somewhere between 21 and 23. I can't remember how old he was when he was sent away, but you know, so he's an adult, kind of like me, but like not a real adult. And he's sent back, he goes back, and he thinks that the Laird has summoned him, but he's actually really sick, and his daughter, Adara, summoned him, and they were childhood, not necessarily rivals, but kind of like nemeses, and that they would, they did not get along with each other, they would fight, they would pull pranks on each other, things like that. And so they haven't spoken in 10 years, 
And she is the one who called him back to help. Now, some other background information, I've kind of talked about the magic, but basically this island is broken up into the east and the west. So the east is the Tamerlane clan, which is the one that Jack is part of. And also interesting, important point is that Jack is the product of his single mother and she has never said who his father is. So he doesn't know. And so he never really felt like he was part of the island, things like that. So, and then, so there's the Tamerlans on the east and the Breckens on the west. And so they have been separated for about 200 years. Originally, everybody on the island got along, but then, well, actually what originally what happened was there's these spirits on the island. So there's water, fire, earth, and wind spirits. And um, they kind of influence how life works there. So if the spirit's on your side, if you're going somewhere, one, like five miles could turn into one mile. If they're helpful, the wind can take gossip and pull it like, and like bring it to others. So basically you have to be careful about what you say because the wind could carry it to others and different things like that, right? So there's the folk. They call the spirits the folk. And so basically two different clans came to the island, the Tamerlans and the Breckens. And for a while, things were okay, but then they got in a fight. This is, again, 200 years ago. And so the two lairs decided to get married. And so the Laird of the East, she went and married the Laird of the West. But then uh, things were bad. She was homesick. She didn't like being there. She wanted to go home. And then they ended up, like, killing each other and dying. And then since then, the island has been split in half, and the magic has been kind of out of whack. So the people of the East, they have nice resources, lots of food, like great, like the soil is fertile, things like that. But in order to practice magic, it is at a cost. And so I'll explain that later on. On the West, they can use as much magic magic as they want, but it doesn't like cost them anything. However, they like their soil is bad, like they can't really grow any food. So they're always raiding. This is kind of the setup of the island. So Jack comes back because Adara is convinced that the spirits have been stealing these young girls. Two young girls have gone missing and she, as the future Laird, is trying to find them. So Jack agrees to help and Adara um, confides in him that her mother used to be the bard of um, the East prior to her death and she apparently used to play for the spirits, or for the folk, sorry, and she thinks that, and what happens is when you play for the folk, this is like a very well-kept secret. So when you play for the folk, they materialize and you can ask them some questions for a short amount of time. So she gives Jack this um, music for summoning the water folk. So he goes to learn it. And when he goes home, his t- surprise, his mom had a daughter while he was out on the mainland. And so originally he's like, well, who's her dad? And she was like, it's the same father. You guys are full-blooded siblings. And we're like, hmm, interesting. And it's kind of like hard for him at first because, you know, he hasn't been around. And the other thing talking about the magic is that his mom, to make a living, weaves um, enchanted plaids. So how she does it is she weaves a secret into the plaid. And then as long as nobody knows the secret, it carries some sort of enchantment. So a lot of them are sort of like as strong as armor or things like that. And so but this takes a toll on her and she is like like loses her appetite, has headaches, is tired, different things like that, has like a cough and sometimes there's blood, whatever. 
So all that different stuff. The other main storyline is with Sidra and Torin. They have been married for four years and they got married after Torin's first wife passed away in childbirth and they kind of married and there was this understanding that Sidra would take care of his daughter, Maisie, and that um, while they do like sometimes, you know, they have consummated their marriage, but it's more of sort of a marriage of convenience. Although, you know, feelings are simmering. Torin is also the captain of the guard. And so he's in charge of border patrol and things like that. And Sidra is a healer. She's very spiritual. She believes in the folk and she heals all these different people. So basically things progress. Jack summons the water folk and they say that their mouths have been sealed um, from a someone higher and they can't really tell them what's going on and Jack has a bad reaction to playing like his fingers his hands hurt really bad he like has the blood cough he's tired whatever so we're seeing the toll on him as well meanwhile Torn and Cedra's daughter Maisie is taken she she disappears just like these other girls and this really wreaks havoc on their relationship as well because a lot of it is based off of like Cedra acting as a mother figure for Maisie. And so all of that is going on. Things are getting wild. Well, actually, what ends up happening... Oh, my God, I forgot. So Cedra, like, can see the ghost of Torn's first wife, Danella, and she's like, get out of the house, get out of the house, because the Breckens are coming. Wait. Well, we end up finding out here that the spirits um, did not... are not taking the girls, and that it's actually the Breckens because... Cedra is running with Maisie to her father-in-law's house, which is just like up the road, but she ends up getting kicked in the back and Maisie is stolen out from underneath her. And during this, like right before that, before Maisie's stolen, they find this like, uh, Torin finds a red flower, which we end up finding it out is called the Arena flower. And like, they're trying to figure out what it is. And Cedra's reading this like book of fair, not fairy tales, but a book about the folk and reads about Arena. And, like, if you eat the arena flower, you, like, have this knowledge. So, Maisie's stolen, and Cedra ends up, like, losing her faith in the folk. And so, her, like, she's really having a hard time healing, things like that. Jack and Adara play for the earth folk. And, again, they say that their mouths have been sealed, but they reveal that it is not the folk that are stealing them. It is the Breckens that are stealing the girls. And we're not really sure why. After that... Torn is running himself ragged trying to find his daughter and all this different stuff. Um, Cedra takes the arena flower and she realizes that like when you eat it, you can see the folk and like different things like that. And they think that if you take the arena flower, you can cross over the line between clans unnoticed because prior to that, when you cross over the land, the captain of either guard can like feel it through the magic and whatever. Um, another side plot is that Adara is trying to create trade between the two to stop the raids, between the two clans to stop the raids. So they meet the heir of the West, Moray Brecken, and they trade a few things. They ask him if he knows about their run of flower. He says he does not, and all this different stuff. Then um, there's a raid, and it's the middle of the summer, and raids normally only happen in the winter, like during like the bad season, right? And they one of the girls is returned, but their house is burned down, and Torin gets hurt by some magical blades with enchantments, and one of them makes him lose his voice. And because Cedra has lost her faith, she's having a really hard time healing him. He can't speak. They've also been fighting about, like, the fact that 
she is a healer and he has like taken lives and things like that so they like can't really like get along i'll talk more about their relationship later on because i really enjoyed it a lot and then um she ends up like finding her faith again and the two of them sort of like reconnect and she's able to heal him jack ends up playing for the spirits of the or the the wind folk folk of the wind whatever who are the prime like utmost like high ones and they end up like answering some of their questions about what's going on things like that but the king of the folk the north wind gets really upset and starts like this huge like storm and adara's dad ends up passing away so she's now the laird oh my god you guys i forgot jack and adara had to get married but they just did a hand fasting and not a blood marriage um so it could be undone in a year and a day as a hand fasting works and they do this so that Adara can, like, bring Jack with her to the trade thing because they were supposed to go alone. Anyways, they end up, like, meeting then the Laird of the West, Innes, Innes um, Brecken, and she comes and they, like, trade the Arena flowers and things like that. And they end up figuring out, like, that Moray lied about not knowing what the Arena flowers did, like, different things like that. And then... The wind, like, gives Jack this, basically tells them that the person who knows how the um, girls have been taken is Jack's mom. So Jack goes back to try and figure out what's going on. And it is revealed that Jack's father is actually a Brecken and that he knew the secret was that he act one day got injured and he stumbled through this river. And if you bleed into the river, you can pass through the clan line without being detected. And Moray Brecken found that out, and he did that. And then Brecken, like, so while Jack and his mom are talking, his sister Frey's outside, and Moray Brecken comes and he tries to steal Frey, and then Jack plays a song to the Arena Flower and makes them come back with his magic. It was so epic, everybody. And then they capture him, and Adara comes, and it is revealed, such a plot twist, it is revealed that Adara is actually a Brecken. She's actually Moray's twin sister, and that when Jack's father, like, got injured and stumbled, like, down, like, this river, he was carrying Adara. When she was born, she was, like, very silent. And so the people were like, you need to leave her out in the woods for the spirits to, like, or the folk to, like, come to her or whatever. And once that happened, she, like, had her voice. But Jack's father was supposed to just leave her there, not go back. It was, like, all confusing. But then he ends up bringing her and then to... um Jack's mom, whose name, Mirren, and she ended up giving her to the um, Laird and his wife after she had another stillborn baby, and they raised her, and it was a secret, and then Moray was like, I stole these girls, but we took care of them really well, but I stole them so that you would come back to us, basically, because you were stolen from us, which is kind of how it worked, but not really, so... But the window was open when that discussion happened, so everybody in the East knows about it. So Adara writes to Innes and saying, like, well, I have your son in the dungeon. He was stealing our girls. We need the girls back. Like, whatever. I have a trade for you. But the people of the East don't trust her anymore, which was so jank. And so she makes Torin the new laird, and um, she ends up, like, uh, giving this exchange to Innes saying that I will come with you back to the West, but Moray has to serve a sentence decided by the people of the East for stealing our lasses. 
and she agrees to that. Jack was going to go with her originally because they're married and they are, they don't say they're in love, but like they're almost in love. Like they're infatuated. Like they, they like each other. And so he's going to go with, but then at the last second, um, and this is like music is forbidden in the West. And so Adara makes him stay. She, he is obviously very upset about it. And she is like questioning her whole life and who she is as a person. And she goes, and Torn is now the new laird, but him and Cedra are stronger than ever. They have confessed their love. They have reignited the passion of their marriage and their commitment to one another. And Maisie comes back and calls Cedra mummy. And that was great because she only ever called her Cedra beforehand. And that is the book. We're 20 minutes in. 20, yes, ish minutes in. And you guys, I don't think I really uh, kept my word to make that short, but it was so epic. Let's move into the discussion section. So this might be a longer episode because of all of that, but you'll know that it's worth it because of how fabulous this book is. Anyways, I want to start like there was a few things I don't have written down on here that I want to start with. And some of these are just like um, Adara and, and the people of the East, like at the end of the book that like really bugged me. Like Adara just learned this as long as the same time everybody else did that she is technically by blood a Brecken. Jack did not have time to tell her that he is also half Brecken. And so she does not know that. Oh, no, I think he does tell her. He does tell her that at the very end but then she's still like you can't come with me very upsetting stuff everybody I was very upset about it I kind of saw it coming I kind of didn't I'll talk about that later on as well anyways the people of the east completely turn on her as if she hasn't lived there for somewhere between 21 and 23 years of her life as if they didn't completely trust love and cherish her prior to that as if her blood just like completely changed everything that they knew about her and she's now a traitor. She had no idea. She was raised as a Tamerlane. She is a Tamerlane. She might have Brecken blood, but she is a Tamerlane. I was so frustrated with these people. It's like interesting because it was like a secret adoption, but she didn't know. And like, I was also trying to think of some sort of parallel of a world where people would just turn on you like that, like some, like in real life. And I just couldn't really think of one i'm sure there is some if you guys can think of one let me know but i was like would people who have known you your entire life who like raised you and who you've taken care of and who you like look out for is this really going to change their opinion on you i was unhappy with the people of the east for that because what you don't have any control over that you've just learned this and now your people are like disinheriting you basically uh uh i did not like that I did not like that and I think that people's really negative opinion of her helped influence Adara's decision to go to the west and I think if I were going to make predictions about like you know what let's just get into second book predictions right here because I do have some predictions because this is just a duology which I had to do some research and I found that it's just a duology I could not find the name of the next book but this book literally just came out a few weeks ago so it's fresh it's hot off the presses again go pick it up it's so good but anyways if I was gonna make predictions about the second book I'm pretty sure that at the end the east and the west will be reunited at the end of the second book and that Adara and Jack will 
reign over them together so the clans are united and it also makes sense because like there are no more well actually Torin is a blood Tamerlane and he's now the Laird but like throughout the book it talks about how he's so glad that Adara is going to be the next Laird because he does not want that responsibility he does take it when Adara requests it and kind of forces it upon him but he doesn't want that he likes being the 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 chief guard person captain the captain although he is questioning that and these people he's killed, he's questioning that. And he's like, I think I need to be more of a helper now. Which we'd love Cedra's influence on him for that. But anyways, so if I was making predictions, I think at the end of the second book, Jack and Adara will rule over the whole thing. Mori Brecken's obviously not a viable Laird option considering the fact that he kidnapped girls instead of literally just having a conversation with Adara when she wanted to open up trade. They could have met. He could have told her what was going on. And then they could have discussed and figured out and she could have went to the West and like visited and whatever because his whole thing was like whack. So I think that's probably how that will go. I did kind of think Jack was going to go with Adara to the West so that we would have the two perspectives in the West in this next book. But I think that basically Adara will go through this like journey of both like not fitting into the West but feeling like she's like at home at the West and not really sure what to do about it. Jack is going to be um, a moody uh, man brooding all in his feels because his wife, his hand-fasted wife, has left him. And I wouldn't be surprised if this picks up like a year and a day later so they're no longer married and it's kind of like instead of picking up right when the action ends, but I don't know. For Cedra and Torin, I think that their relationship will be strong, but they're now going to be dealing with the fact that Torin is the Laird and those responsibilities. And I would also love for them to have another child. So there's like non-explicit sex scenes in this. Oh, that was what I want. That was another thing I want to talk about. So like there were three sex scenes in this book, but they're like the sex is actually not described at all. It's, like, more of, like, a literary sex scene, which I know sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. But basically, when I was in high school, one summer for our reading, we had to read how to read literature like a professor or something like that. And there was a chapter that was, like, everything's about sex. And then the next, like, chapter was called Except Sex. So unless you're reading a romance novel or an erotica novel or something like that, like, if there's a sex scene in a book... It's typically there for a reason, and that's what the ones in this book were. So the ones with Cedra and Torin, there were two with them, and then one with Jack and Adara. And the ones with Cedra and Torin were to, like, show them, like, coming together and, like, recommitting to their marriage and their love of each other, whereas the one for Jack and Adara was, like, to show, like, that the two of them did have true feelings for each other and that they were, like, there for each other and things like that. And I think that's... I really enjoyed that like it's really not graphic at all and instead it's a lot more about like the progression and the importance of the relationship between the two characters and so it was kind of interesting um so I mean Cedra and Torn could have a child here in the second book and I would be all for it because I loved them and so that's a, another point so like uh, when I describe this book to you, like, in the very beginning, I talk about just Jack and Adara, and that is also only what the um, book summary, the ja the jacket book summary, talks about. Cedra and Torrin are not mentioned at all. And so when they first pop up, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? So originally, I was like, 
I don't care. I'm here for the story with Jack and Adara. Like, give me this. But then your girl was like, give me all the Cedra Torin content out there because it was phenomenal. Their relationship, I was so invested in it. And it was like also interesting because Jack and Adara have history, but they also haven't seen each other in 10 years since they were tweens. And so like, it's been a hot minute. I did really enjoy the kind of like going for like, um, Adara kept calling Jack her old menace prior to their hand fasting and it like ended up getting kind of flirty and I was here for it. Basically what I'm saying is I thought both couples were really well matched, that they make sense together. And specifically with Cedra and Torrin, it was like interesting because they had been married for four years, but they hadn't really been living life as a married couple because Torrin normally like stays in the barracks with his men instead of like sleeping at home with his wife and his daughter. And so like they don't always see him all the time. So it's like was interesting to see like what was going on in their marriage and how the two of them ended up recommitting to it and to each other, despite the fact that they are so different, they found that they could still work and be together. And I really like that. And Jack and Adara, like, there was good chemistry. They did get married a lot faster than I thought they would, but they got married for plot reasons, so that kind of made sense. And so I was also all about that. Kind of tying in with this as well is the idea of character development. Typically, when you read a fantasy-like series, there's not, like, a ton of character development in the first book because it's just setting it up. Now, this might just be because it's a duology, but the character development in this book was phenomenal. At the beginning, Jack comes back and he's like, I don't belong on the island. I'm going back to the mainland ASAP. I'm going to go be a professor, whatever. But then you see him reconnect with the island and want to take care of his mom and want to get to know his sister. And Adara? What? And like him growing more confident and different things like that and playing the music and finding his place. We love it. Then Adara. You actually don't get her, there's, this book is split into three parts. You don't get her perspective, I think, until the second part, but you, like, see a lot of her. So, I've already kind of talked about her arc and whatever, and I've talked about Cedra and Torn as well, but there was, like, some intense character development that I've briefly touched on throughout this episode, but was so good. Like, you really saw all the characters grow into different people and, for the most part, better people, and I can't wait to see how that continues on into the second book, and I'm... Rebecca Ross, you better not disappoint me with horrible character development in the second book, but I feel like that's normally more of a trilogy thing, so we should be okay. A few more things I want to talk about before we go. Um, Next is the twist. So there was like two main twists. The first is that, well, I guess you could say there was three if you think about the the fact that Jack comes back and he has a sister that his mom never told them about in any of the letters, but that doesn't count. So the first one was Jack's dad being Brecken. Well, Jack and Frey's dad being Brecken. I was able to see that one coming. I didn't know from the beginning. I really just thought he was some random man in the clan. But like prior to the reveal, I don't know. I can't remember how much prior to it. But prior to the reveal, I was like pretty sure that his dad was a Brecken. There was like some sort of hint like halfway through and I picked up on it and I was like, there we go. But so that one I saw coming. The Adara twist that she was actually Maury Brecken's twin did not see that one coming. That one was absolutely wild. There were some like foreshadowing because every time they called the spirits, the spirits looked at Adara and said, it's her. But it was explained away as like she looked like her mom. And so the spirits were just like maybe confusing her for her mom when her mom used to be the bard and play for them. 
Um, however, that is not the case. It is interesting, though, that, like, that was, like, seen as an acceptable answer to, like, why they were saying it's her when we now know that she was adopted. So, it is interesting in that, like, obviously, all these people were Scottish people. So, they're all white. But, facial feature-wise, like, hair coloring-wise, potentially, I don't know. That literally nobody was like, hmm, you don't really look like either of them. Or are the genes just so similar that everybody looks alike? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But those were the twists. Loved the twists. Loved the twists and the turns. Kept me guessing. So exciting. And what I also really enjoyed was the fantasy aspect, which I talked about a little bit earlier. It was really enjoyable and that like it was so different. This idea of folk is not necessarily different, but I thought, I felt like the way that they were in the, like, described in the, like, sort of role they played in the book was different from at least fantasies I've read. I'm sure there are fantasies where they might be similar, but it is, like, also just the magic is very different. I talked about this at the beginning. It comes across in a very different way because typically when you read a fantasy and there's magic, there's either some sort of spells that people cast and they're like wizards or something like witches. They like do magic, right? Or it's just like this is a fantasy world and so there's like creatures that we don't know that don't exist like in real life. Or it's like... um I'm thinking about like Blood Air and like the Graceling book I'm about to read. It's also very similar where people have some sort of like affinity to some sort of either element or thing. And typically the main character, they have like blood or killing affinities or something like that. And other people have like water affinity where they can like manipulate that sort of element. And those are typically the sort of like magics that you see. What I enjoyed about this is that magic was very much tied to uh, vocation and that Mirren, her magic is as she weaves her enchanted plaids. There was the blacksmith and her magic was when she made the dirks, um, like the knives and swords and stuff like that. She enchanted them. And when you get cut by an enchanted blade, it does something. Jack has a truth blade. Torin got hit by a um, confusion one and one that made him lose his voice. Things like that. And then Jack, as he can, he can play his music just regularly or when he plays for the folk, it like, t and it was like interesting also seeing the take. So I'm interested to see what magic looks like in the West as they can do as much as they want and have no consequence. And so that is very interesting and kind of also an interesting discussion throughout the book about the idea of Jack really hates that his mom makes enchanted plaids because of how much it takes out of her. It takes her youth, her vitality, her health, things like that. So very, very interesting stuff. Finally, I would like to say that probably the reason why this book is so good is we have both a very interesting plot that both storylines keep me like really interested. I need to know what happened to the girls, need to know what's going on. Like, are we gonna do this trade? Need to know about Cedra and Torin. Need to know about Jack. Like I needed to know everything. So we had fabulous plot plus fabulous characters. I feel like I've mostly been talking about the characters throughout, but I really liked all of them. There wasn't a single character where I was like, I don't like you. And normally I like to like pick somebody. I'm like, why would they do this? I guess if I was going to do that, Mirren, 
not telling Jack that he has a sister was kind of, like, messed up. Um, but also, I don't feel like harping on that. So, I'm not going to. So, you know, I might be biased. I might really love this book. But basically what I'm saying is great characters plus great plot equals masterpiece. That's what I have written down here on my notes. This was a masterpiece. I loved it so much. I'm bringing this on vacation with me to give to my sister so she can read it. And, I mean, anybody else in my family who might want to, I, I would recommend this to all. To all. You should all read this book. It is so so good. Now, I apologize because this ended up being, there was like a long intro, which is fine because I was like talking and things like that. There was not necessarily a long plot summary, but like kind of a long plot summary, so so sorry about that. And then not a shorter than usual discussion section. But because I love this book so much and I don't have things to critique, which is a lot of times like what is my longer part of the discussion section, I'm going to end it here. And so basically, all you need to know is that I love this book. I thought it was fabulous and you should all read it. And then once you read it, you should talk to me about it. And you can do that in one of two ways. First, you could email me at iwriteabookonceblog at gmail.com and I'll respond to you. Or you could DM me on Instagram. My handle is iwriteabookonceblog. While you're there, give me a follow. I'm more likely to see that you have DM me if you follow me. And if you follow me, you can see this fabulous picture that I'm going to take of this book, probably by the ocean instead of a river, because I'll be in Florida, but um, there'll be water. The cover is also really cool, so definitely go check the cover out, even if you don't want to look at my Instagram, which you should, and you should follow me and give me motivation, and again, let me know what you thought of this book, please. I want to talk about it with people because I love it so much, and I don't know anybody who's read it, and I have not seen anybody talk about it online, so discuss this with me, please. I'm begging you. You could also let me know your opinion on my podcast, this episode, whatever you want to talk about. I'm here. Give me some feedback. How can I make this episode, or not this episode because it's done. How can I make this podcast better? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Let me know. Also, if you listen to this podcast on a platform that allows you to rate, review, and subscribe, please, please, please do that. It will help others find it and I will love you forever for doing that. I would really appreciate it. It would definitely make my day. If you give me a review on Apple Podcasts, I will shout you out. I'll shout you out. Who doesn't want a shout out? Everyone. Everyone wants a shout out. And with that, next week, I will be talking about the Magnolia Palace, which I'm about to record after I take a long drink of water right after this episode. Um, The spoiler is that I would not recommend that book, but if you want to hear the interesting journey I took into getting it, reading it, and finishing it, you should check out that episode. With that, my name is Emma, this was I Read a Book Once, and I'll catch you guys next time.